The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Palm Springs, California. (laughs) Yes, I thought it was time to change my tagline for the first time after nine solid years. And I'm so thrilled that you all could join me. Those listening through the Palm Springs radio stations and those who are listening from Russia, Norway, Africa, South Africa, Paris, France, and even the UK. Today we are talking with Julie Ryan, who is a psychic and a medical intuitive with some absolutely amazing talents. And I'm so, so thrilled to announce that she will be doing a live show here on Law of Attraction Radio Network, better known as LOARadioNetwork.com. So stay tuned in all the way through this show and get specifics on how you can call Julie Ryan and ask your own question live. As a matter of fact, starting May 1, we have a number of live shows that are taking questions from the audience like Dr. Michael Mosley who is starting his live show every Wednesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific slash 8 p.m. Eastern. Ask Julie Ryan radio show will start on May 19th and will continue to have a show every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific 8 p.m. Eastern and my BFF Constance Arnold will also be doing a live show answering all your personal questions about your issues dealing with the law of attraction and then of course we have Dr. David Che and myself doing our live show every first Tuesday of the month and Dr. David Che answers everyone's questions about what is going right in your manifestations and what is going wrong and how you can speed up creating your dream life to hurry up and manifest. So for more information on how to call into our live shows, you need to go to LOARadioNetwork.com and hit the menu item that states live show schedule. And if you can't make the live show, you can even send an email so that your questions will be answered during the show and which you can tune in later to hear it. So let's take a fast break for station ID and then we'll be right back with Julie Ryan of AskJulieRyan.com for a really, really amazing show. Stay tuned. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts. 
authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. And we are back. And you are listening to Law of Attraction Talk Radio with Jules. You know, I really would love to help you create your dream life through hypnosis, which makes it so much fun and so fast. You could even quit smoking. You can build up your self-confidence. You can help with insomnia. I can even assist you with pain management. If you're in the Palm Springs slash India region, come by my office or if you're in Europe or the U.S., let's do a Skype call. This week I had hypnosis sessions in the U.K., South Africa, Jamaica, and Florida. And I just loved being able to communicate all over the world and do hypnosis sessions. It's really easy. It's really fun. And it's a real life-changing moment. So no matter where you are in the world, contact me and we can help you get to your dreams in as little as just one, one, one session. That's it. So let's talk to Julie Ryan. We are in for a treat in many, many ways because she is so exceptional in the way that she can help people. I am so delighted to introduce you to this amazing woman. Welcome, Julie Ryan, to Love Attraction Talk Radio. Thanks, Jules. I'm delighted to be here. Now, you've got quite an impressive resume with, um, of course, being a medical, intuitive, and psychic. But I kind of want to just go over some of them because, you know, just to get a clear understanding of all the many talents that you have. Uh, Like the first one, you could literally scan a human or pet body and you can see what's happening within the body health-wise. Correct. It's like I have a big screen TV in my head. My eyes are closed and it's it, it's as if I'm looking at a CT scan or an x-ray or an MRI and I see everything in my mind's eye again. When I say I see, I mean in my head, uh, everything from broken bones, torn ligaments, cancer, viral infections, bacterial infections. I see tumors oftentimes before they show up on scans. Um, I can see all kinds of things. I can see cancer if it's metastasized and and help direct the the client and also their team of physicians to go check this certain area where I'm seeing it. And uh, it's pretty fascinating. Same with pets. 
I can I can tell like I don't know all the body parts of horses, but I have friends who have horses and clients who have horses, and I'll say, well, their back left knee, and there's some special name for that on a horse, you know, is torn. They need to scope it and fix it. So it's it's pretty fun. Oh wow! Well, uh, on top of being able to scan the human body, you can actually help with the speeding up of their healing. I watch healings occur. I it's as if my head is a big satellite dish, and I believe that energy flows through me. And I'm again, it's in my mind's eye. It's as if I'm watching a movie, and I and I. I'm a businesswoman. I laugh, Jules. I've told you this before. I'm a businesswoman that does woo woo because I'm an inventor of surgical devices that have been sold throughout the world. And I have, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started many companies in many different industries. And, and I've spent decades in surgery. So I know actually what's happening when I'm watching these energetic surgeries and procedures happen in my head. It's fascinating. I can tell you what instruments they're using and what the procedure is. And they can be as complicated as a surgery, as an organ transplant or some other type of surgery to something as as benign or as, as uncomplicated as dressing a wound or stitching a wound or lasering something. It's, it's fascinating. So you said that you had been in a lot of surgery. Were you a nurse or what were no. you before? No, businesswoman. I've invented surgical devices and been in the medical supply business for over 30 years. Oh, so that experience with the medical supplies helped you to come up with designs. Right. And I, and I believe it's, it's gave me the extra knowledge base to help with the medical intuitive clients with whom I work right now, because I know what's happening. Great. Okay. Well then I want to keep on going down the list of all of the things that you can do because you are also able to help those transitioning to move from fear into bliss. In other words, you're helping their transition to through death into uh, away from fear and into feeling peace. Correct. And their family members, because oftentimes the person who's dying, they're, they're most of the time, eventually they're ready to go, uh-huh. especially if it's something that's lasting more than, than a sudden death. Um, but the family, it's so hard on the family and the loved ones oftentimes. And so I have come up with a, um, a, uh, for lack of a better word, just a, a there's 12 phases of transition. It's a transition system that everybody goes through. It may take a minute or two, or it may take days, weeks, or months. And I call it the 12 phases of transition. And I can scan somebody who's dying. And in a second, I can tell you how close to death they are based on the configuration of angels and loved ones spirits who are with the patient or with the client and what the configuration is that they're in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there are angels and the loved ones family that are um, surrounding 
the, the person as they're dying. And as they get closer to death, this circle opens up into a horseshoe and then eventually into a straight line at the foot of the bed of the client or the patient. And so it's, it's really extraordinary what I see. And the spirit, you know how, I know, I know you've talked to people about near-death experiences because I've heard them on your show over the years. And when people talk about going through the tunnel, what I see happen is that the spirit exits the body through the top of the head. And as somebody is dying, it hangs onto the top of the head like a bubble. And it reminds me of the bubble that a cartoon would have the words, the cartoon caption uh-huh. in it. And, and so that's where the client spirit hovers still attached to the body through the top of the head, but that's where the spirit is until it's time for the spirit to depart and go on to heaven. Wow. And, uh, and so angels are involved with the process. They're involved in helping the spirit evacuate the human body. It's quite extraordinary what I see. Actually, there's a prayer at the end of every Roman Catholic funeral called in paradisum. And it talks about that the angels and, and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise. And that's what I see happen. And the best I can gather, it originated from a 5th century Gregorian chant. So I have to believe that throughout the ages, people have been able to see what I see. And it somehow has just gotten lost, you know, as we've become more scientific-based and more well-educated. Right, right. Um, so... Now that you said that, I want to talk to you about this new scientific discovery. Okay. That science just came out with, and it was, I just saw it yesterday, and I'm going, oh my gosh, I have to talk to Julie about this tomorrow. When the sperm meets the egg, there is a burst of light. Science has proven this, and they're saying this is every time there's no exception to this when the egg and the the sperm meet there is a burst of light and they say it is really from zinc you know the mineral that is there but what's really fascinating to me is okay that's the moment of actual life Mm -hmm. you come in with a burst of light and Mm -hmm. you leave in this burst of light Mm -hmm. if that's not the most profound thing i've i've ever i mean it's like okay there's something way beyond our third dimensional world that we're seeing here today but it really gives us the sense that there is the huge picture that we often ignore, which is the spiritual aspect. Right. Well, interestingly enough, a a baby's spirit attaches to the mother's energy field long before it's conceived. Sometimes it can be years before the child is conceived. And it looks to me like most of us have seen the Wizard of Oz. Right. You know, with Dorothy and Toto and the Tin Man and all those guys. And when Glenda the Good Witch rides into Munchkin Land, she's a ball of light. She comes in as an orb that travels as a ball of light whenever she shows up in the movie. Well, that's what a baby's energy looks like to me. And it hovers over the mother's left shoulder. 
over her heart, which I think is very sweet. Mm. And so if I'm scanning somebody, I'll say, are you pregnant? Are you about, you trying to get pregnant or what's up with that? <clears throat> and then further into the, into the pregnancy, I'll be able to see the fetus much like a sonogram when women get the, you know, mm -hmm. the, the ultrasound done. And interestingly enough that twins energy will, one will hover over each shoulder of the mother. And it's the same with adoptive babies, not just birth babies. The adopted baby spirit attaches on to the the birth mother, but it also attaches on to the adopted mother, the mother that's going to raise the child, which I find fascinating Yes, about that. So, um, so that's not a big surprise to me that they've been able to see that when the sperm and the egg meet because of what I see when a baby is, is, uh, attached onto the mother's energy field. I think it's just fascinating though, that they've just proven, I mean, because science is is still right now they are proving that there is life after death there is no such thing as death and science is getting to that point but for them to be able to see that burst of light and then with the scientific and everything that you're saying it just makes wow this is really spectacular well, I, I'm finding that too, that maybe you and I are just more in tune with looking for the scientific explanations of things that we experience or things that I see when I'm working with, with clients. But for instance, um, apoptosis is a, a phenomenon where the cells destroy other cells that are not right. Like our body has the capability to destroy cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And I see that happen. And I just figured out that's what I was watching all these years when I see it happen in healings. It's wild. When somebody's dying, I watch angels on either side of the spirit bubble. Again, it looks like a cartoon caption attached to the top of somebody's head. As they get closer and closer to death, I see their wings start to move and it creates a, um, a vortex above their head, which is kind of like if you can envision a funnel cloud uh -huh. above their head. And it reminds me of driving through the car wash when you stay in the car and you're to the dryer part and it's sucking all the water off your car yeah. you know before you go out that's what it feels like to me and so that help that movement of these angels wings it reminds me of a of a giant owl's wings moving you can almost feel the drag that it creates when they move their wings very slowly and silently and methodically well I watch this happen with angels and it creates an upward pull and it helps the spirit separate from the human body and I think oh my goodness you know the the thing that I'm seeing is is just amazing to me that something in the spirit world is affecting our human world so when I was writing my book I researched it and there is so much information Jules all over the internet about aeronautical engineering and birds and planes and jets and this vortex that's formed that helps with the upward draft helps pull the plane up and I thought holy moly I've been seeing this stuff for all these years and I didn't know that there were there were um, 
aeronautical engineering mechanical drawings and and explanations for what I'm seeing and feeling happening in the spirit world. So I love it when science catches up to what's happening already in our in our other dimensions and in our spirit world. Yeah, and the loved ones, spirits who are in the room when somebody is dying, I'll describe to the family. Uh, okay, here's there's this woman and she's got on this little sweater and it has pearl buttons down the front and she has white hair and her hair's in a bun in the back of her head and she's very elegant and they'll say, oh, well, that's Grandma Mary or that's whoever. And so I'll describe um, not only spirits who are in the room who are deceased family and friends, but also I'll describe animals. I was describing an animal to a friend last night um, who had some some deceased family members in her home. And I said, well, there's there are a couple of dogs with, with your grandmother. And uh, one of them's a, a golden retriever and one of them looks like a collie, but it's not big enough to be a collie, but it looks like a collie. And she said, a Sheltie? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, well, that's Goldilocks or whatever her name was. <laughs> so, yeah. So people's, not only are our loved ones and friends, deceased loved ones and friends around us all the time, but our pets are as well, which is really, really wonderful. The 12 phases of transition, there, there are graphics of these different phases on my website askjulieryan.com. And what I do is I send the family of the person who's dying to the website. They normally will print these off and it gives them tremendous peace to see these graphics because they know their loved ones surrounded by angels. To your point earlier, you said sometimes most people can't see them. Well, when I'm describing what Grandma Mary looks like to the family, they're they're saying, okay, something's going on here. And it, I have found through the years, Jules, that this gives the family members just a tremendous amount of peace to even just look at these graphics and they're very self-explanatory. Right. So um, if any of your listeners has somebody who's dying or, I mean, we're all going to experience it eventually, um, you know, just remember you can get those graphics and it, it it's us- usually is very comforting. Uh-huh. But your goal is really to get everyone to the place where it's more like a birth instead of a traumatic death. Right. Yeah. It. What I see is really glorious. I mean, you know, you're being carried to heaven by angels. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. And, and it's interesting you bring that point up because two people come to mind right off the bat. One was my aunt, Irene, who we used to tease her and say she had a hotline to heaven. She was very spiritual and prayed a lot and all of that. And she was dying and I... I flew into Kansas City to see her. I was on the ground maybe 12 hours. I flew in in the morning and I left that af- that late that afternoon. And I walked in the room and she hadn't been very coherent. She was in the hospital and she perked up when I walked in the room. We were very close and she said, you have to tell me what's going to happen because I'm afraid to die. Mm. This was the last woman on the planet I would expect to hear that from. And then recently I was uh, with a friend's elderly aunt who was dying and I've known this woman since I was a child and I walked in the room and she grabbed my hand and she said please tell me what's going to happen because I'm you know I'm afraid and um and I know that you can help me with this wow 
So, and it it gives them peace. Yeah. And, and lets them let go. And, and as importantly, it gives the family some peace. What I've been told by family members that they just Xerox off these graphics that I have on my website and they put them in a folder and they just pass them to the family members when they come on, come in. Wow. And they say the peace that everybody gets knowing that this is what's happening is just so comforting for them. And really in most of the hospice literature that I've ever seen, it talks about expect your your loved one to say I'm seeing so and so who's deceased or I'm seeing a pet or I'm seeing whatever. And and throughout the years I think most of us have just thought, oh, grandma's just hallucinating. Well, grandma's not hallucinating. Grandma's really seeing those people she's telling you she's yeah. seeing. You know, I, I, and I'm going back because this is bringing me back to my father's death. And it was really amazing to me that he was on heavy morphine the last 24 hours. Uh-huh. And he, we thought he was unconscious. And for all intents and purposes, yes, he was totally unconscious. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't open his eyes. He was just on his way out and um but we had a brother who could not or who did not know we couldn't get him information that it's dad's last moments so we went for an entire 24 hours and finally we called him one more time my brother and we finally got a hold of him he came and with five minutes after he came, my dad died. Uh-huh. He wasn't going to go until my brother came. That uh-huh. was that was it. Uh-huh. But for us, that was just a remarkable message that even if they don't seem like they're present with you, they really are. They are fully aware of everyone who is there with them. Oh, absolutely. And I can communicate with the dying person psychically, telepathically. So I I ask three questions always, Jules, and, and they're in this order. Are you ready to go? Are you in pain? What do you need? And what they need ranges from, in your case, I need to see my son. Um, my One of my favorite stories was this little old man who was in his 90s. He was a retired dentist and he was unable to communicate. He looked like he was in a coma for a couple of weeks, I think. And they'd taken him off life support and he was hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. And his family kept saying to me, what does he need? And I said, he's telling me he wants you to file his quarterly estimated tax returns. <laughs> and they said, are you kidding me? And I said, he just keeps telling me that. So finally, one day his daughter called me and she was just so frustrated. She said, I, I, you know, enough already. He needs to just go on and be with my mom. And I said, well, he just needs you to file his tax returns. And she said, oh, for God's sakes, where are they? And so I asked him and psychically, because I'm in a different state from where this was. And he, uh, he said, tell her they're in my desk, in my bedroom, left side, middle drawer. So I told her, I said, just go look and see if they're there. Well, sure enough, not only were the tax returns there, they were filled out. His check was written. They were in the envelope. It was stamped. She went and she dropped it in the mailbox, got back to the hospital. He was dead in 20 minutes. 
Oh my goodness. But when they get everything resolved, they're going to go, they're going to go on their time schedule. And and that's where their power has never been taken away from them. That's right. And they are in full control. We all are. That's what's so brilliant about this. I I just love, love, love this, that um, people can help, get help with going through this. You don't have to go through it alone. And I think it's absolutely wonderful that you're able to do this, really changing the lives of so many people. And then also, once they experience such a peaceful transition, you know, it takes the fear right out of everything. It's like a pure miracle just happened. And it's one of the most beautiful things, just like birth, Death is so incredibly beautiful as well. Right. And it helps really with the family members, especially in our mobile society these days. You know, people are flying in from other states and other countries sometimes, and they're taking time off work. And do we need to bring the grandkids in from college? Do what, you know, what do we need to do? And I can ask the patient. The patient will tell me quite, quite frankly, I need to see all my grandchildren or no, I just saw them at a holiday or something and it's okay. Just let them know I love them. And, and oftentimes they'll give me specific messages for specific people. So um, it it ends up from a logistical standpoint, ends up being helpful as well, because that that's a lot for families to go through. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, you, you also talk or communicate to people who have been um dead for quite a while correct (laughs) yeah yeah it's just not at that precise time so that people can contact you if they are in need of communicating with a loved one right do it all the time so do what is usually their first question are they just wanting to verify that they do exist or they're continuing on? The first question is normally, are they happy? (laughs) And I laugh because I say, they're in heaven. It's nirvana. It doesn't get any better than where they are. So yes, they're happy. But I think we just have been so conditioned throughout the, the years and especially with Hollywood and, and the media and all of that, you know, we don't know what's right. there. So I explain it to people like I, most of us have been in a hospital room where there are two beds and there's a, a, a curtain that you can pull between both beds for some privacy. And it's like our loved ones are there. They're on the other side of the curtain. We can talk to them. We can see them. I can see them. We can communicate with them. But to the normal eye, all you see is the curtain, but they haven't gone anywhere. You've just drawn the curtain. So it's just a different reality that's happening at the same time. And everybody has the ability to talk to their deceased loved ones, Jules. And here's how you do it. You ask a question of the person in your head, and it's the first thing that comes to your mind. As fast as you can snap your fingers, that's your loved one answering you. Mm-hmm. If you think about it for more than two or three seconds, that's your brain answering you. That's but true. I tell people, try it with stuff that doesn't matter. Like, should I make a left turn here? Or should I plant these flowers here? Or, or things like that. You know, don't ask some, like, 
stock information or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really change your life with the answer. Uh, Everybody has the ability. You can talk to your dad at any moment. And, you know, I have, and I've simply asked for a sign. Uh Dad, uh, give me a sign that everything is wonderful with you. That's Uh all I want to know. And two days later, I'm on Facebook, and all of a sudden his picture pops up on Facebook. You know, it reminds you, it, it has those reminders of what you were doing like two or three years ago. Yeah. And here's a picture and I, he's smiling and I'm going, oh my goodness. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. That was the message. And I would have never have guessed that would have popped up on Facebook. So yes, they can do wonderful signs that if you simply ask them and you're open to receiving them, it's wonderful. But now I want to go on even further because you have this thing that, oh gosh, makes life so much easier for us pet lovers because you can communicate with them. And, you know, to me, there's nothing worse than having a sick pet Mm-hmm. and not being able to understand, all right, is this serious? Do I need to take them to the vet? What are they trying to tell me? Where are they hurting? Uh-huh. Uh, I, a cat that I have sure. right now that has a, a physical problem, I think, but I'm not sure. So maybe you could communicate with sure. my cat named Buddy. Sure. And, and the one problem that I like to say is that he just does not like to use the cat box. <laughs> and as much as I love him, sometimes I want to strangle him. <laughs> he probably knows that. I mean, and I love this cat to death. So tell me, can you tune in to uh, Buddy and find out what's going on with him? Yeah, I've already got him on my radar. I, by the way, learned how to do this. I was not born um, with dead people chasing me, or at least if I was, I didn't know about it. <laughs> you know, you hear about psychics and say, yeah, when I was three, I, you know, I had these dead people chasing me around the house or whatever. I. I learned how to do this stuff in my mid-30s over 20 years ago. How did you you do that? How did you teach yourself to do that? Someone gave me a book, and it was about um, medical intuitive um, things, and I was fascinated because I'm in the medical supply business, Mm -hmm. and I was fascinated. And so... I, you know, back in the day, we used to go into the bookstores and some of us have had experiences where the book we need to show up just kind of isn't in front of us and we grab it. So I read a book called Hands of Light by a former NASA physicist, PhD named Barbara Brennan. Oh, yeah. Come to find out she has a school in um, Florida and it's accredited. You can get a bachelor's degree in this stuff now, by the way. Uh And, uh, and so I, I read the book, was fascinated, found a woman who had a school in Nashville called the School of Healing Arts in Nashville, Tennessee, and studied with her for six years. So I'm a graduate of her school and really learned the basics from her and then have developed it, developed my own methodologies over the years since that time. And, you know, the more you do it, the more more abilities you have and the more more um, ways you find to get things done that you're trying to accomplish. So wow. I digress in saying 
I already have Buddy on my radar. I turn my radar on and off at will. I don't go around scanning people or animals because, number one, it's none of my business. Number two, it's an ethical thing. And number three, I don't really want to know. So if somebody wants me to scan them, then that's great. I do that. But I also operate under HIPAA rules. Whatever I get when I scan somebody is completely confidential. And and if they want to talk about it with whomever, that's fine. That's their prerogative, but they're not, nobody's going to hear about it from me. That's going to have any identifying information, um, you know, about somebody who's a celebrity or, or somebody who's well-known or, or even a family member to other, other members of their family, unless they give me permission to talk to them. (laughs) I'll be going, yeah, yeah, I worked with her. She's great gal. That's it. (laughs) So, um, Buddy is telling me that he is not using a cat box because he needs to show his boss. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. Because he's the the youngest out of all of them. Well, he's just he's just peeing on his tree, basically, <laughs> you know, like dogs do. Market his territory. <laughs> wow! Is there any way I can get that to stop? Get him neutered. He he is. He is neutered. Yeah. Um. That was from me because I've always heard that that's the best way to get him to stop. All right. Um. He just said, give him his own box. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? Know. That's, How do you that's... corral the other ones from, the, from that's, that? Yeah, really, I don't think that's possible. Although, I'll have to think about that. He So, he wants his own box. He, he doesn't want... Box. <laughs> that could... Okay. I will work on that. Is there any way that you could tell him that that his mother would really love it if he stopped <laughs> that if he would use the litter box it would make me so delightfully happy <laughs> he's really he's really set on doing this Jules cuz he said i'm just going to have to find other ways to make her happy <laughs> oh no he sounds like he's quite the character oh he is yeah He's a sweetheart. He's telling me if you get him a different box in a different room, he'll use it. I'll figure out something. Maybe I'll put him in a separate bedroom or something like that. I could do that. But he's telling me he doesn't want to be isolated from the other cats. He just wants his own facilities. Oh, good golly. Thank you very much, Be buddy. careful what you ask for, because sometimes you don't necessarily like the answer. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so there's nothing I can do to convince him to, um, to, I just have to get him. He's going to be firm on this, huh? Well, it, it seems to be a power play on his, por- on his part. Hmm. Not only with the other cats, but also with you. Because he wants to show who's boss. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, well, okay. I will just try to figure that one out. Um, but that's really interesting. And so you can actually um, help people whose animals are sick and 
which is really a good thing to do before you go to the vet because they do so many tests because they're on uh, exploration trying to find out what's going on. If a person goes and has specific information, it may direct the vet into going directly to what is the problem without doing all those tests. Right. There was a small dog that I um, scanned oh, a few months ago, I guess it was, that had a blockage in her um, intestinal tract. She had swallowed a piece of plastic. It almost looked like a piece of plastic straw, a plastic straw, you know, that you get at the fast food place. And, um, and it was obstructing her, her intestines and she was really sick. And so uh, she was dying. Actually, her spirit was out of her body and, and pet spirits look like human spirits to me in, in the same configuration. It's like a spirit bubble at the top of their head. So I can tell when a pet is dying. And so I was asking this little dog, I said, I said, do you want to have surgery? And she said, no. And I said, why not? And she said, because it's going to be too expensive and I'm not going to live that much longer. Uh And so I told her owner that, and they, they took her to this uh, kind of an emergency vet place and um, they scanned her and everything and they saw the blockage and saw the little piece of plastic, but they, but they wanted $8,500 to do surgery Uh on her. And, um, they went to, then they went the next day to the regular vet and i think they had the surgery done for 1200 or something and the dog only lived another month cuz they found cancer once she was inside once they were inside um removing the blockage so it it was almost like it was something that was speeding up what the inevitable was anyways wow. but um yeah they're very they're very um clear to me the pets are as are the humans with what their wishes are. And and then it's very sweet because their spirits are around us after they're gone. And even when somebody's dying, it, it's hilarious at times because sometimes they'll see all these farm animal spirits in the room. And I'll say to the family, was grandma ever, did she grow up on a farm or something? Because there's like cows and chicks and ducks and you know, horses. And they'll say, yeah, I'll describe what they look like. They'll say, oh, that's Molly, her pet cow. And that's, you know, lightning, her pet horse and whatever. And I'll describe different dogs and pets that, for instance, if there's an elderly person who's dying and, you know, these are pets that they had when they were children and there are pictures that the family has of these pets that are in their room. So it's very comforting, not only to the client, but also to the family. Wow. And uh, I had some children interview me for a paper they were doing. They were from Austin, Texas, and I know their teacher and they were doing a paper on psychics. And so we were talking about these kinds of things. And they said, well, what about, what about scary ghosts and all that? And I said, well, that's Hollywood. There aren't scary ghosts. Every spirit is pure goodness and light. Every one of them, always. And uh, so I kind of burst their bubble on that, but it was, it was cute. So does that negate then all of the ghost stories oh, that we've been hearing? They, they, yeah. You know, like they even have TV shows with it right now. We shouldn't even be bothered. Well, no, it's entertainment. And <laughs> um, and ghosts are just spirits that don't know they're dead. Yeah. 
And so what I do is help them go into the light. And it's, and it's when people hear things or they sense things or they see things, they're real. Normally, if there's some kind of a phenomenon happening with um, electricity or I had one client one time that called me and on Thanksgiving Day, she was cooking dinner and her daughters and she were in the kitchen and there were these antique uh, kitchen tools that were hanging on the wall and they all watched these t- kitchen tools come off the wall and, and fall onto the countertop <laughs> on their own. And they kind of wigged them out. So they called me the next day and they said, what the heck was that? Well, it was a family who lived on the property originally. They now living in a housing development, this family that called me. But the property was originally a farm and there was the farmer and his two, this was a Southern family, his two Confederate soldier dressed sons who were in the house and they were looking for one of the son's daughter, young daughter who had already died and gone to heaven. But these three men were still searching for this lost daughter. So got them reunited and on their way. But during the during the scan, we got the family name, the year they lived there, you know, all this jazz, and they were able to go back and research county records, and it all panned out. Wow. So it was pretty fun. That yeah, that happened. Well, let's talk about more fun because it's coming up. You are now going to have a show on Law of Attraction Radio Network, and it's going to be live. So that means that people will be able to call you up while you are recording the show and ask their own questions to you. Right. I'm thrilled. So people will be able to call me in. It's a buffet of psychicness. (laughs) Really, I can scan them medically. I can talk to their deceased loved ones. I can scan their pets. I can um, do past life stuff. We can do a multitude of things. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And if people can't call in, they can email a question and, and I'll answer it on the air. Right. So, mm-hmm. well, so we need to tell them the first live show will be May 19th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 right. p.m. Eastern. Right. And if you want to call up or even uh, send an email, go to LOARadioNetwork.com. And on the menu, you're going to see live, live show schedule go in there and you'll find the phone numbers the access numbers and even the email addresses you never have to miss a live show Uh, and then sign up also for updates because we will let you know every single week that julie is uh coming up with another live show So this is going to be great fun for all of the listeners. And it's just so exciting to be able to talk to Julie, especially if you have a pet, go ahead and find out what's going on with that pet. (laughs) And hopefully they will not be as stubborn as my little buddy. (laughs) Or a a medical thing going on where the doctors can't figure out what's happening. Oftentimes I'll get um, clients referred to me from doctors. 
and they'll say, um, you need to call this woman. It's kind of, you know, she can perhaps help you. And then I'll, and then I'll give them information that they then can talk back to their, or take back to their doctors. And I, and I do work with teams of physicians sometimes and physicians individually to help diagnose too. Can I talk about that for a second, Jules? Yeah. What happens do, when I do, do they, a... do they, when you t- work with the medical doctors, do uh-huh. they, are they receptive to you? Very. Really? That's very. great news. They're very receptive, especially the ones where I've been accurate. <laughs> they're yeah. saying, oh, maybe there's something here. Um, what happens when I scan somebody for a medical intuitive scan is I, I um, raise my vibrational level very high to the level of spirit. And I... I shoot energy from their feet up through their top of their head. And as I mentioned before, it's like I have a big screen TV in my head and I'm, I'm looking at a, a CT scan or an X-ray or an MRI. And the energy is always going to go to where it's needed first. And I'll see what's going on. I'll see inflammation. I'll see whatever, you know, torn ligament, broken bone. I can't, I've lost count of how many times I'll get a call on my cell phone of somebody whose child has fallen off the swing set or something and they're headed to the emergency room. Can you scan Johnny? And I'll say, yeah, Johnny's got a broken elbow, left elbow. Here's where the break is. They'll get into the ER. They'll tell the staff and the staff will look at them like they're nuts. And then the x-ray comes back and the break is exactly where I said it was. So, um, so the first thing I I do is I shoot energy through their body and I'll get a diagnosis of what's going on. That sometimes will happen multiple times. The second phase is there's always some kind of a procedure or healing procedure and or healing that occurs. And the healing, as I mentioned, maybe something as simple as something being sutured, something being dressed, something getting the inflammation down, whatever. Or it can be something complicated like a surgical procedure. And I explain to the client what's happening when that transpires. And then the third phase is is an emotional phase because it's been my experience for the more than 20 years that I've been doing this, that there's always an emotional component that precedes an illness or a disease or some kind of a medical condition. Mm -hmm. And how it presents itself is our energy field, as I sense it, and as I see it, has a membrane outer lining to it. And it, it has the consistency of saran wrap believe it or not. Mm-hmm. If you take a piece of saran wrap and you hold it real tightly and you try and push your fist through it, you know, it's got kind of a rubbery consistency to it. Right. So I always will see if there's some kind of a medical thing happening, um, there will either be a tear or a hole in that membrane of the energy field. And it causes an energy leak. It would be like if you have a a, a water balloon or, a, or even a balloon that you've blown up with regular air. Um, if it's got a hole in it or a tear in it, well, it's going to leak and it's not going to, it's not going to perform the way it's supposed to. So what I do is I go into that hole and envision myself going into that hole and I'm shown some kind of a scene at that point. And it can be something that's transpired at some stage of the person's life, or it can be a past life thing. And as soon as we identify what that is, I watch the hole or the tear get repaired and then that seals in the healing and the person normally their body is, can heal itself then. And, um, and that is used oftentimes with Western medicine as we know it. And, mm-hmm. and I always tell people consult with your doctor. This is an adjunct. 
to it. The, I believe the body has a tremendous capability to heal itself. But I see these scenes and I'll come up with, okay, you were seven years old and here's who was with you and here's where you were and here's what was happening. And then the person will go on and say, yeah, I remember that. Or sometimes they'll say, I have no memory of that, but I'll know I've hit on the right thing because that membrane starts to get repaired. Interesting. Yes. I'm finding as a hypnotherapist, the illness or dis-ease is always the result of stress from um, emotions. That's always, it's like illness doesn't happen just out of pure luck. You know, it's, right. it's there's always a reason for it. And it's always, I believe, has to do with the emotions and the amount of stress that you put on your body because of that emotion. So that is where you probably have the upper hand as compared to the medical doctors in that you can actually see what that emotion is. And I, I, to me, that's extremely, that is the factor that allows a person to heal themselves. Well, and God bless the doctors, you know, especially with insurance these days, what do they have like 2.3 minutes to spend with a patient or something? They just don't have the time. And so this ends up being, it's complementary to what, what we get through our, our medical system, which, um, you know, is, is wonderful for the most part, but it can help steer the patient, because at the end of the day, we're all the captains of our own ships. Right. You know, we've, we have all heard stories about people that have gone to multiple doctors and the doctors can't figure out what's going on. Well, oftentimes I can give them some insight into that. And the, and then the client or the patient can go back and say, Hey, well, what about this? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's medications they're on and it's contraindications and, and problems with multiple medications. That is so true. That are causing problems. Yeah, it seems that the medications are only creating more symptoms. <laughs> and then they have to take another pill to counteract that. So it's, it's just one great big long uh, situation. So often the medicine is not the best thing in the world for you. Well, and the other thing that I, just because I've been on the supply side of the medical provider business for so many years, for decades, I teach people, you want to always ask the doctor about the NNT, number needed to treat. Every drug and every procedure has an NNT. And it means, okay, if the NNT is 350, that means 350 patients need to take that drug in order for it to be effective with one person. That's amazing. And that those numbers are all readily available. We, as a general society, don't know to ask that question. Okay, so we have to ask for NNT. Correct. Nancy, Nancy, Tom. NNT. Nancy. To the physician. And yeah. they're going to reveal to us that it may take 350 people before it would work on. Well, <laughs> or then, what, yeah. You know, it, it's like we were conditioned to believe that this medicine is actually going to treat and get rid of this thing that's going on in your body. But that's not necessarily 
how it works. Well, what if you're one of the 350 that had done work for them? You know, is that a number? Do you like those odds? No. That, that gives you information and it lets lets you decide, oh, really, I don't know that I want to be one of those 350. I, I don't like those odds. Um, furthermore, it every physician has access to those numbers. We just don't know to ask for them. Yeah. And right. and also, what are what are the contraindications with multiple drugs? Right. Yeah, that's really, 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 really important. My parents took handfuls of pharmaceuticals when they were elderly, and I just remember thinking, "Holy moly! How do we know what these drugs are doing to the body?" And especially all together because they study the drug itself. They don't study it with a combination of five other drugs. Yeah. So I think, I think we, in this day and age, you were talking about how wonderful to live during this day and age. I think the internet and other resources that we have, we, we really need to be informed patients when we're going to the doctor. We need to know a lot about what's out there and what's going on. And, and everything's at our fingertips. There's no reason why we can't do our own research, especially if you have cancer. And I'm going to bring this up because I think it's so, so important that peop- a lot of people don't realize. When you get diagnosed with cancer, they want you to not necessarily do the research. They're going to say, we've got to do surgery tomorrow. The truth of the matter is you need to sort of Stand back, do your research, and then decide. Because the American Cancer Society did come out and it says your odds of healing and surviving cancer is higher without chemotherapy or radiation. As a matter of fact, chemotherapy and radiation will actually make the cancer come back at a faster speed. It will not terminate it completely. So in that respect, and because the American Cancer Society came out and said, look it, you have a higher chance of surviving cancer, actually four times greater if you do not do chemo or radiation. So I'm just telling people that the choice always remains with them, but do your due diligence. Don't trust another human being with your body because your body and you and even Julie can tell you that there's things that you know intuitively that will heal your body. And that's what Julie helps you to do as well. So I think those are really important things to make sure all the listeners understand. Well, and and if I may add something on to that, it's whatever a person decides is the right treatment for them, it's the right treatment for them. Exactly. They know. It's, and, and if somebody decides that they want to go the chemo route or the radiation route or whatever, it's the right treatment for them. All they can do is, is utilize the internet and people like me and people like you and, and other teams of physicians and healthcare providers to get as well educated as they can on it. And and we're going to know in our gut whether something feels right or not. And and then just follow that. And and you know, chemo 
may be perfect for one patient and may be contraindicated for another patient. It just depends on on what all the circumstances are. That's where free will comes in. It's all part yes. of our path. And you will know intuitively. And if there is a chance that you're not feeling sure about something, hold off. You have time. Don't let fear of the big C drive you into doing something that you may not feel comfortable about. Mm -hmm. that, that's the whole key. It's you feeling, wow, this is what I really feel good about. This is the way I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. And I agree with you on that, Jules. I think if um, people that are faced with that kind of a decision, it, it's, it's so huge because it encompasses not just your, your health at that moment, but really it can, can encompass your mortality. And if you can step back and just take a few days to do some research and to just sit with, okay, what really feels the best instead of making a snap decision, I think that it's, it's always optimal if we have the capability to do that. Great. And Julie, we are all out of time, but I want to send everybody to askjulieryan.com. Go check out her website. Go check out everything that she can do. It's so fascinating. You're going to love, love, love. And I know that you're going to want to listen to her brand new show starting on May 19th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. And uh, go to LOA Radio Network and get all the information of where you can call in. And the show's called Ask Julie Ryan. <laughs> so, Julie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so many delightful things with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Looking forward to talking with everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.